and faith. Possibility thinking and faith. Many times we hear the people, the people of the world, if you go to seminars or whatever, I see people going in for uh, things just to learn how to live, to be positive, so that things will change in your life. We're not talking about possibility thinking in terms of being positive so that good things. No, we're talking about possibility thinking in the light of the Word of God. You are doing it because of God. You can think positive all you want. But there must be a force behind that, a real force behind that, that makes whatever you're thinking come to pass. And possibility thinking without God is going nowhere. You've got to believe in a God. And so we're talking about possibility thinking based on the Word of God and the Word of God alone. And that will carry you. Never give up. Never give up. No matter what's happening in your life, don't ever give up. Don't ever hang your head down and think it's over. I can't do anything. I've tried not as long as God is on the throne. As long as Jesus is alive, there is no reason to give up. No matter what's going on, no matter what the doctor said, no matter what your body is telling you, let God be true and every man a liar. Let me let you know this. With every problem, every trouble that comes to your way, there is always a way of escape. God will never allow any problem to come to you without providing a way of escape. I know you were young, some of us, now we are older. You've been through a lot of troubles. There were times where you, when you were so overwhelmed, you thought there was no way out of this trouble. But somehow, somewhere, you are here today. And God's still taking care of you. So God always will use trouble, to, will allow trouble, but with that trouble, He opens a way of escape and uses the trouble, your victory over the trouble, to define you. Now, never allow your troubles to define you. Never be the one that is called by your trouble. Oh yeah, that's that lady. Oh yeah, we know. No, never allow that. Don't allow the troubles that come to you to define you. Allow the, your victory over that trouble to define you. Because the trouble comes with God paving the way for you to get to your destiny. Goliath was trouble for David. He was standing between David and his future. David was not known. There's always a time of the revealing when God will reveal you. David had already been anointed as king, but nobody knew him. It was Goliath, the problem, that revealed him to the rest of Israel that this man is worthy. He has king qualities in him. But without Goliath, which was the problem, the children of Israel wouldn't have known of David. They started knowing of David. He was anointed in secret. But trouble for Israel and for David brought his day of revealing. 
There is always a day for your revealing, no matter what's going on. You're coming out of it because the Bible says all things work together for good, including the troubles you're going through. So always think positive because with the trouble, God's using it to work out something for good. My wife and I, we've experienced it. One trouble comes and when it's over, we are better off than where we were before. It's been an amazing walk. Angela was telling me about a friend of hers. Uh, she's in the church in Calvert. She believes we have some secret powers. If we don't like somebody, we can pray them off. <laughs> and she's telling Angela, please, we want you to pray. For, I want him off this job. Pray him off. Because when you attack, we say, God, now, uh, and now you have another path for us, or he's got to go. And guess what? That's it. What she's seen it because she walked around Angela for years. She's seen it. She's come to believe it. So she calls Angela, uh, tell your husband, Pastor, let's pray to get rid of this guy. <laughs> because it's a God that walks with us. He walks with us. Never look at your problem. Don't let your problem be the focus of, of, of what you're going through. Let God and His Word be the focus. The Bible says in in 2 Peter chapter 1 that God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious promises that by these promises you might partake of His divine nature. You can, you can read from verse 3. You can partake of his divine nature. So set your eyes on the promises. And in building yourself a positive mentality based on those promises. Never allow your eyes to wander away from his promises because of your troubles. Stay focused on his promises because his promises will never fail you. You see, God and his word are one and the same. That's what the Bible tells us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1 verse 1 is very clear there. God's Word will never fail you. So set your eyes on the Word. It was the Word that created the universe. And the Word is holding everything together, according to Hebrews chapter 1. And if the Word can hold everything together, surely the Word can hold my life together. Amen. So I can rest on God's Word holding my life together while I'm feeling like my life is going to pieces. And the Word of God is saying, hey, don't worry about it. I got you covered. Amen. God got you covered this morning. Amen. God's got you covered this morning. You have to remember there's always a time for your revealing. So don't give up. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1 verse 80 that John the Baptist, even though he had been anointed, was in the wilderness. For a long time until the day of his revealing. So God always has a day of your revealing. So no matter what you're going through, stay with it until your day of the revealing, of of your revealing. Now remember, Chidrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just ordinary people. It was problem, the problem, the fire, the fiery furnace. That's death. That's what brought them to the forefront of the nation then. They were not known until this fiery furnace came 
and, and, and they refused. They stayed with God's word. And through that, that was their day of revealing. The day they went into the flames, they came back out. They, were, they went in ordinary people. They came in highly respected. So your troubles are not to break you. Your troubles are to, there to make you. If you put God in that equation, and you got to think positive, you must never give up. You see, there is always a time. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, To everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. He tells us also, a time for every purpose under heaven. Are we under heaven? How many of you are not under heaven here? Now, if you raise your hand, you lied. <laughs> you are under heaven. There is a purpose for everything. On, there's a time for every purpose under heaven. Your life has a purpose under heaven. But there's a time for your revealing. Everything that's happening to you, especially if you are a child of God, everything that's happening to you has a purpose. God is directing your path. And it's not because of you. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for what? For His name's sake. It's not about you. It's about His glory. He wants to beautify your life. So that through beautifying your life, others will look and say, well, if God can do it for him, he doesn't look that smart, you know. But uh, if God can do it for him, I'm sure God will do it for me. Because God's not a respecter of persons. Everyone that loves him is accepted with him. Everyone that allows him is accepted with God. No matter what they've done in the past, they are accepted with him. So there is a, there is a time. For every purpose under heaven. And God walks in season. God told uh, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. 50, I mean, 25 years later, he had no son. And when God showed up, before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, Sarah laughed when God said, you know, she's going to have a baby. And God said, is, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for God? And God said, look, in the season of time, the following year, I'm coming, I will visit you. So there is, with God, there's always a season. And when the season comes, he can't wait. Can you see how when Jesus was born, when the season, when the Bible calls it the fullness of time, there were no angels anywhere. All of a sudden, there were angels everywhere. One appearing to Zachariah, the other one to Mary. And the Holy Spirit was moving. Angels appearing before, uh, before the shepherds in the field. When God's ready, He moves everything. But when He's not ready, everything is so quiet, you're wondering if God's doing anything. There is always a time. There's always a season. So never give up. No matter what's going on in your life, God's for you. No matter what you've done, if you can confess your sins before God, they're forgiven. And once they are forgiven, you become a family member. And once you become a family member, God will take care of you till the day you pass on from this world or Jesus returns. So there is always a time. Let me read in Psalm 145, verse 13 and 15. It says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. 
God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. We know we have the United States. But there is a kingdom that is over the United States. Amen? Because God has an everlasting kingdom. His kingdom is ruling over the United States. He says that your kingdom is everlasting kingdom. It's an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures through all generations. God has not lost his dominion. God still has his power. And his power still endures through every generation. The generation before our generation, our generation, your generation. God's at work in your life. The Lord upholds all who fall. How many who fall? All. So when I fall, the Lord's holding my hands. Amen. When I make my mistakes, He is holding me up. Amen. And if God's holding you up, oh, you are being held up. Nobody's going to make you drop. You, you're there. So the Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. This gives me so much confidence, especially we have Bringard Bunky coming to, to Houston. But when I go for a crusade and I see a bunch of people who are pagans sometimes in Africa, they don't worship God. And I see them, my heart's alive. I know that God's going to do something today. Amen. I feel good because they come in looking for help. They bow down, suffering. I remember a lady told me, you know, this witch doctor told me, and said, uh, that baby you got, I think she offended the witch doctor. This is back in Africa. And the, the, the lady said, uh, the witch doctor said, now that baby, unless the sky touches the earth, that baby is not coming down. This was in the village. They don't go to do their C-section. So she was waiting. And she really believed that, that, uh, that uh, witch doctor and after the crusade, as she saw people healed and all of that, so she approached me, two of them, and uh, she said, the witch doctor said, the baby's not, and it's past time, way past time, the baby won't come, no movement. And I said to her, I got more power than that witch doctor. Amen. That baby, I reversed it, that baby's coming down. Amen. And because you are looking to God, I'm just a man. But you came to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What which doctor can say what against that baby? That baby is coming down. And while I was preaching on the podium, it was night, a lot of heads, and she had the baby, a baby right there. And the nurses around, they gathered around, they said, this is our baby. And she came from a far village. One of the villagers took her in. And said, hey, pastor, this is our baby now. They took care of her. The baby came down. There is no voice in this world that can come against the word of God. You only stand on God's word. There's nothing that's impossible with him. God raised that woman because she was bowed down. By the words of a witch doctor. And God's dominion is from generation to generation and in our generation that dominion overtook the words of the witch doctor and the baby came down i still have a picture of me holding the baby probably oh yes god's a good god and the devil is a bad devil can i hear an amen so god can take care of us 
It says in verse 15, The eyes of, our, of all look expectantly to you. Are you looking expectantly to God today in your trouble? Are you doing that? This is the scripture. For everyone who looks expectantly to God in your trouble, you will have your needs met. Look at what it says. And you give them their food in due season. God will take care of you. God's going to take care of you. You have nothing to be afraid of. You got to lose your fear about the circumstances of life. God has control over the circumstances of life. The circumstances of life cannot define the life of a Christian. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. The child of a monkey is a monkey. We are born of the spirit of God. So we have his DNA inside us. Doesn't make us God that we are his children like Jesus. The Bible calls, tells us that Jesus has many brothers right now. And I'm one of them, and you are one of them. Why don't you act like your senior brother? Amen. Bowing your head all the time. If God be for us, who can be against us? What can be against us? We suffer because of unbelief. Because Jesus has already told us, if you can only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Please raise your hand. I'm a believer. You said it now. You can't go back on that, okay? <laughs> You're a believer. Let me let you know this. Faith without hope, said it here before, is dead. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's what Hebrews tells us. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And hope is possibility thinking. In other words, you're not giving up. You're saying, as long as there is a God, I'm not giving up. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He says, if God doesn't, de- de- God doesn't deliver us, we're ready to die. But we know, they said, we know that God will deliver us. But even if he chooses not to deliver us, we're ready to die. We must all come to that place where we say to ourselves, no matter what's going on in my life, I know there is a God, he has a way for me. There is a way for me. So don't give up before your harvest time. Harvest time is coming. Amen? This harvest time is coming. God gave us a word concerning Abraham to, to teach us a lesson. And I can't, why would he write it down if we're not supposed to learn from it? Concerning Abraham. After God gave Abraham a word. Every time you read the scripture, God's speaking to you. If you have it, it's your Bible. Right? If it's your Bible and you're reading it, that's God speaking to you from 
your Bible. So accept what he's saying to you from your Bible. Find out and discover the secrets of the will. Unveil the will of God. Covenant. The New Testament, Testament means will. Find out what's written there for you. Read the will. Discover what's there for you and hold on to it because your lawyer, Jesus Christ, is going to make sure no one beats you out of your will. Amen. He'll fight for you. So you got to read the will. In Romans chapter 4 verse 17, it says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, that's God, whom he believed. God who, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope. Who contrary to hope. It was a hopeless situation. That's what he's saying. You will be, somebody will think you lost your mind if you still have hope in Abraham's situation. So that's what the scripture is telling us. God's telling you there could be situations in your life that will be contrary to hope. But God's saying, don't give up. I did it with Abraham. I'm not a respecter of persons. I'll do the same thing for you. It says, who contrary to hope in hope believed. So he had this possibility. God can do it. A possibility thinking. God can do it. I'm not going to depend on what I feel, how I see it. I'm just going to depend on God. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. He will direct your path. So he hoped against hope. He believed that he may, that he may become the father of many nations according to what was spoken. According to what? What was spoken. Did God not say in his word, by his stripes you were healed? According to what was spoken. He never gave up. The doctors give you that report. They tell you the, the, the facts. They show you the scan. And they show you everything that's going on in the scan. That's the fact. But the truth is, by his stripes, you were healed. And that's where God wants you to stand. According to that which was spoken, he believed God, even though his body and everything he saw in the natural was saying, no way, you, it's crazy to believe anything will happen in this situation. He stayed with God's word. And that's what God is telling us to do. In hope he believed so that he became the father of many nations. God has already done it. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. That's what God told him. He stayed on that. I'm going to have descendants. I'm going to have descendants. Yes, my body seemed dead, but I will have descendants. That's the way he worked on it. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. When the Bible says his body was dead, believe me, he was dead. 
you can read it in another book and it may not mean a whole lot. But when God says he was dead, believe me, he was dead. Dead. Since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he ignored everything he saw. Standing on God's word and God's word alone. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. You see, God is the one that caused those things that be not as as though they were. God's always like that. You can read in Isaiah 54 verse 28. God was speaking to, uh, through Isaiah. And was tell, calling the name of somebody that had not already been born. He knew that man, Cyrus. And you can read in verse 44. God was talking about Cyrus. He said he is the man that I have anointed. This is what he's going to do. This is what he's going to do. And that's exactly what he's going to do. God prophesied through Jeremiah. God even named him by name before he was born. And guess what? He was a foreigner. A foreign king. God said I have anointed him to do these things. What does that say to you? He knew you before you were born. And he had his assignment on your life before you even knew your mother. So let's stay with the assignment. Don't allow the things that are happening make you give up. Stay with what God has called you to and what God's put in your mind. Stay with it. Don't ever give up. Don't let people speak and tell you things to make you say, well, it's not going to happen. I've tried it 10 years and it's, not, it's never happened. You can sleep after 10 years and you wake up the next day and the day of your revealing has come and everything has changed. And people start asking you, how did you, how did you get there? You can tell them it was the Lord. And they'll believe you because they look at you. You don't look as smart. But God is doing it. God's doing it. You can really believe God. You can actually believe God. By the grace of God, I I just have lost my fear of everything. If I have a feeling of fear, I start quoting scriptures. Even when I'm sleeping, I got to get rid of it. Because what you fear is what you attract. I keep saying this. What you fear is what you attract. What you believe will come to you. So we, we, I just get rid of fear. You can always trust God. There is a man, his name is F.F. Boswell. Let me give you a reason why not to ever go from God's word. God's true. There's a man named F.F. Boswell. How many, how many have heard of uh, William Seymour? Maybe not. Azusa Street Revival. Azusa Street, yeah. That was the beginning of God's work in the United States. F.F. Boswell was with, with this man. Uh, William Seymour, John G. Lake, and the rest of them. This is what he said. He says, don't doubt God. If you must doubt something, I mean, if you believe sometimes you've got to doubt. If you must doubt something, he says, doubt your doubts. Because they are unreliable. But never doubt God or his word. Doubt your doubts. Don't go by your feelings. 
D.L. Moody says this. It says, if there is there any reason why you should not have faith in God, is there any reason why you should not have a positive attitude because of what God said? Is there any reason for that? Has God ever broken one of his promises? I defy any infidel or unbeliever to place a finger on a single promise God ever made and failed to fulfill. He says, Satan is a liar. Jesus said so. I can open the Bible and show you how for 6,000 years, Satan has lied to people telling them that God's word is not true. The devil had denied God's word and promised people everything, but has broken every promise he ever made. That's Satan. But you can trust God. There's a a scripture, I believe it's uh, 2 Kings 1 verse 8. The Bible says, God has fulfilled every single promise. He made good every single promise that God's ever made. God fulfilled it. The reason why to trust God is God doesn't change. God cannot change. God will not say something. He's always the same. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, For I am the Lord. God saying, I am the Lord. I do not change. And because I, not, I do not change, therefore you are not consumed. You can trust on God's word. Because God doesn't change, nothing can destroy your life. God will always fight for his word. If you put God's word in your heart, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you will and it will be done for you. All you have to do is have God's word because God will not change. God remains the same. He says, so you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. What, what that's saying? We are children of God. Nothing can consume us. Because we believe in God's word. As, as Psalm 119 verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, God's word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generation. God's faithfulness to every human being. If you call on God, He'll be faithful to you. There is no way you can call on God and He didn't hear you. Every time you call on Him, He hears you. Let me let you know, every word that you speak is written. God remembers every word that you speak. Jesus said, every idle word that a man shall speak, he will give account of it on the day of judgment. So we are going to give account of the words that you speak. When you call upon the name of God, he hears you. And God will be faithful to you. He is faithful to every generation. His faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. In other words, God's holding the earth together and God certainly can hold your life together no matter what's going on. All you have to do is let Him be God in your life. That's all you need to do. I'm going to close with this. When I was a new Christian, 
people felt, and I said this before, I had a God tell me this. Uh, you can't continue in faith. There's no way you can live the Christian life. You're too wicked. I don't know where she got that from, but I must have been that wicked. I don't know. But what she didn't know was Jesus had come into my life. Jesus was there in my heart. She didn't know. When I came to the United States, they thought, boy, he's going to the United States from Africa. There's going to be such beautiful things there. There is no way he will be serving God after seeing all the beautiful life in the United States. In fact, when I went back, they were watching me. They said, are you sure he's not pretending? All this evangelism stuff, he's, 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 he's lying to us. And one wise preacher said, I don't think they have understanding. Nobody can pretend to be a Christian. God had kept me. Amen? God will keep you. God will take care of you and take care of your family. So you turn your life over to God, and God remains faithful in your life and to every generation. One of the things that I enjoy the most these days is the word of God that says that he will, be, he will bless you and then bless your children and their children even to the 10th generation. I hold on to that. I've held on to that and we are seeing it in our home. We are seeing the blessing of God in our home. The kids are not perfect. I have to yell at them sometimes, you know. But we can see God's hands. We can see the move of God. When my sister visited, she says, we were thinking that the kids in Nigeria, they're already bad. In America, we're sure that these kids are going to be really crazy. And my kids were so respectful. She says, how, how did you? How did you? Angela and I were acting like we were room. Yes. Very good parents, you see. It's an amazing thing. And I said this. We've never one day checked our kids on whether they've done their homework. We've never done that. I've never asked my kids, do you have homework? I ask them because of time. They're busy with other things. Yes, they do it by themselves. We've never done that. So I stay with that word. Isaiah 54. All your children shall be taught of the Lord. I held on to that. Hold on to God's word, amen? And have that faith and hope in God. That possibility thinking. Bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you, Lord. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If God said, he'll do it. If God has spoken, he will make it good. If you're here this morning and you have not personally invited Jesus to take control of your life. I'm not talking about going to church. I mean, you mean it from your heart and you want Jesus to take full control of your life. Many times people are so concerned about what everybody else thinks. Forget about people. It's between you and him. When you honor God, God said, I will honor you. All heads bow. In the name of Jesus, I ask you today, do you want Jesus to come into your life and to take absolute control? At the, one, at the count of three, 
Put your hand up quickly. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you so much. Thank you. Those hands. Thank you. I see. Thank you so much. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. That's so wonderful. You've obeyed the Lord today, and God is going to honor you for your obedience. Everyone, please pray with me today. As this, especially those that lifted their hands, you are saying, I want Jesus absolute control in my life. I've tried it my way. I need Jesus. That's not weakness. That's a lot of strength. To trust God is no weakness. It's putting your faith in something you can't see, someone you cannot see. It takes a lot of strength. So pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, everybody, thank you for coming into our world to die on the cross for my sins. Lord, I invite you with all of my heart into my life, into my family, into everything that I do. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Lord. I know you've heard me because you said, before I call, you will hear. And so I know you've heard me. Thank you, Lord. Write my name in your book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.